0: We thank you today as your people, as we head into this new year, at the outset of it, we are assured that your love and your mercy follow us. We thank you that your promises are sure and certain, unfailing. And as every other year, at the beginning of this one, we can declare The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, never ends. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, as your people. Right at the beginning of this new year, we thank you, Lord. We face it with confidence, expectation, And excitement because you are Lord of our lives. We live in you. We move in you. We have our being in you. So Lord, right here at the beginning of it, we just want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your faithfulness. And we want to thank you, Father, that we can never be separated from your unconditional love, unfailing love towards us. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, Father, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 2021 is here. Woohoo! Fantastic. And I hope that you are excited about this year. I hope that you're expectant about this year. God is going to do wonderful things throughout this year. When we look back on 2020, there were lots of up and downs, I'm sure. But you know what? Throughout every given year, we can look back in hindsight and see the faithfulness of God. We can see His handiwork in our lives. We can see that He's never left us or forsaken us in any year of the past. And I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence... As I go ahead into the future, 2021 is going to be a great year. In spite of all of the news feeds, in spite of all of the reports, I tell you, we believe the report of the Lord. It's not that we discount what these news feeds are saying, but I tell you now, we live by a higher report. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the promises Of God that we can anchor our lives into and base our lives upon, like Jesus says, it gives us an unshakable foundation. That's why you've been able to remain strong throughout any given year. That's why we, as the church, as God's people, can always be that beacon of light, that city on a hill, that sheds forth its hope, because we, our lives are engrafted, founded, and rooted in Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. It really is. But you know, at the outset of any new year, millions of people throughout the world come out, don't they, with their New Year's resolutions. And this year, like any year, has been the same. People come out with their New Year's declarations, their New Year resolutions as to what they're going to do and what they're going to achieve. They set out their goals and their aspirations and their desires that they want to pursue throughout this new year for a better life. People are hoping for a better life, hoping for a richer life experience. And very often that's why we come out with such resolutions because they generate a new sense of expectation. They generate a new resolve at the beginning of the year. And people make their resolutions Possibly to bring about this sense of expectation for a new beginning, for a new start. And when you look at the history of such resolutions, they date back all the way to Babylonian times when the Babylonians would recite these resolutions at the beginning of a new year to appease their gods and to Asked for the blessing of the gods on their land and on their lives. And they would come out with these resolutions, these promises, these desires and dreams for their lives. So that their lives could be enriched and bettered. But I want to tell you, we have something more sure than a resolution to face this year with. We really do. We have so, something more permanent and everlasting than... A flimsy resolution that we can concoct, that very often doesn't go the distance. We have the revelation of God's Word, and that's what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning. Resolutions, this is the title of the message, as we set out in this new year, and we set our expectations for it at the beginning of it. The title of the message today is this, very simple, Resolutions or revelation. We do not live by the whims of a resolution that we can concoct in our mind that very often we don't have the disciplines or the willpower to perform. We live by revelation, the revelation of God's Word, the revelation of His promises in our lives that come to fruition as we simply receive them, implement them, and see them outworked through the power of God and we're going to see this this morning. Very often the resolutions that people have are short-lived sadly. Nothing wrong with a new year's resolution and you may have made a few this year. Absolutely fine. Great. Go for it. But very often these new year resolutions are often short-lived because sometimes we don't have the discipline or the, the willpower or just the routine of life. To actually bring them into fruition. And very often they're short-lived. I remember one, one year having a resolution. Me and Faye, I think it was before the kids were born. We decided to get a gym membership. I'll tell you, Steve's laughing. He knows what's coming. We decided to enroll in the local gym. Oh, it was Fantastic. You know, I was all excited. We, we had this little interview. You went down, and it was a plush gym. It was really nice in Cumbran And, um, you know, we went in there, and you, the smell of it, and you, 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 you're taken over, aren't you, by all of these visions of what you're going to become as you enroll into this gym, and we enrolled into it, and, you know, they show you around, they give you a little tour. We signed on the dotted line, and then straight away I went out and bought a new gym bag. Oh, fantastic. New gym bag for a new gym. And inside that new gym bag, I had my nice little water bottle, a new pair of trainers and gym wear. I was ready for it. Fantastic. New Year's resolution. New you. New year. It's all going to happen. Turned up on the first day. New gym instructor. He showed me around the new equipment. Showed me how to use it. And off I went the first week my goodness straight out of the traps with passion I was doing it fantastic Faye was as well on the rowing machine and all of these other machines that were calculating all of the calories that we were losing it was amazing and I was so disciplined for the first week it was brilliant but the second week the second week I found the jacuzzi the sauna and the steam room I tell you now, oh man, that killed that resolution right there. It buried it. The jacuzzi, the sauna, and the steam room. We'd walk into the gym. Faye said, what what, what piece of equipment are you going on today, Dave? I said, well, I think I'm going to try out the sauna first. (laughs) Then I'm going to pop into the steam room. And then I'm going to pop into the jacuzzi. And by the time I'd gone through those three, I tell you, I wasn't ready for any workout. I'd been completely washed and worked out. And my resolution, no matter how good it was, with my new gym bag and and my um, new trainers and gym equipment, it all, you know, landed in the bottom of the cupboard till the end. I was just taking my swimming costume and towel. Because that jacuzzi was calling me and that sauna and that... That that steam room was fantastic. New Year's resolutions are good, fine. But you know what? When life kicks in, very often, they crumble before the pressures and the realities of life and the fact that you don't have the necessary discipline sometimes to follow them through. We don't live by these resolutions that the world make. I'm not criticizing them, but I'm just telling you, we have access to a higher promise. We have access to a higher revelation. Paul, when he wrote to the Ephesians, said this, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and opened, that you might have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that you might begin to understand your life, not from who you've been or where you are or the world's reflection on it, but you begin to understand your life from Christ's perspective, that you very eyes of your understanding would see clearly suddenly you'd understand who you are in Christ Jesus and your life would change and be everything that God wants it to be that was Paul's passion for the church it was for them to see their lives not from a reflection a past reflection of who they'd been in this world but from An eternal perspective of who God has made us in Christ Jesus. You don't have to go to theological college to get an understanding of who you are in Christ. You don't have to become some kind of walking concordance to understand the realities and the riches of his life in you. You just have to, you know, humbly go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you begin to open my eyes Would you begin to help me to see who I am in Christ Jesus? And you know, little by little, your eyes, your understanding will begin to open. And those very realities of who Christ is and who he's made you to be in him will become present day realities in life. We live not by New Year's resolutions. We Live by the revelation of God's word, the spoken word of God, the whisper of the spirit into your soul and into your spirit. That's how we live. It really is. When the apostle Paul spoke to the church at Corinth, he wanted them to understand the access that they had The revelation that they had been given and the promises that they had over their lives that God had spoken into being. And he passionately spoke to them about these promises. And he said to them that all of the promises, I'm going to read it to you in a minute. All of the promises, every single promise that God has ever made has a yes over it in relation to it being implemented and coming to fruition in your life. Imagine that for a moment. Every promise that God has ever made in his word from beginning to end has a yes over it in relation to its fulfillment in your life. Sometimes we don't realize this. Sometimes we we walk about aimlessly and round in circles. Sometimes just because we're ignorant of these wonderful blessings that God has given us in Christ Jesus. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, put it this way in relation to the Word of God, in relation to the promises of God, he said, We've been handed. When it comes to the Word of God, he said, We have been handed. A book of blank checks that have all been signed. He said you can put anything in that check. Write anything in it. And because it's got Christ's signature on it. It will be yours. That's the availability. That's the access. That's the limitless supply that we have. been given in Christ in relation to our lives. When it comes to. To the promises that have been made over your life. Jesus put it this way. He said, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified. Ask anything and I will do it. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean to say, you know, I can believe for a Lamborghini Aventador and it land on my drive tomorrow. That would be nice. But no, it doesn't mean that. You know, we're not going to get silly, but what it does mean is, listen, if there's anything that you need in relation to your life, in relation to the purpose of God, the promise of God being fulfilled in your life to bring him glory, it shall be done. It shall be done. Open access to the promises. That's what Jesus was saying. If you ask in my name, whatever, whatever, look at that. He didn't say some things or a few things, whatever. It's a blank check friends. It's been signed in blood. We have a covenant with Christ. Go ahead and ask whatever it might be as long as it pertains to God's purpose and God's will being expressed and it brings ultimate glory to him in your life and enriches your life experience because that's what God is about. It shall be done according to what you've asked. We have a Blank book of checks signed by Jesus when it comes to the Word of God and the promises being fulfilled. Now, when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church about this whole aspect of God's promises, about God's revelation for our lives, he was explaining to them that we have complete access, open access, in fact to all of God's promises in Christ Jesus. They're unlimited. There's no ceiling on it. It's a bit like this. Before we were in Christ, our account, our personal account was depleted. It was bankrupt. There was nothing in it. The moment you come into Christ, there's a huge balance transfer of wealth. And I'm not talking about material things. Things... Far, far greater than that, although it will entail things that are material. But there's been a huge balance transfer. And your account has gone from being overdrawn, grossly overdrawn, to being abundantly provided for in Christ. A balance transfer from Christ's account into our account account. We have access to it. And no matter how many times you withdraw from this account, you'll never deplete its resource. You'll never deplete what is in this account for you in Christ Jesus. And Paul wants the Corinthian believers, the church, to understand this. Listen to how he talks about how accessible God's promises are for each and every one of us. Two Corinthians... Chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 20 says this. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 from the New International Version puts it like this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Paul wanted the church to know, not only the Corinthian church, but the church for all time to understand that every single promise that God has made in Christ Jesus, because of Christ Jesus, has a resounding yes attached to it. Yes to your healing. Yes to your prosperity. Yes to wholeness of mind and body. Yes to whatever aspect of life that you need. Whatever area of life that you're deficient in. There's a yes and an amen regarding that area that it might come up into. The fullness of who Christ is. That it might be fruitful. And teeming with life, this is what Paul is saying. There's a yes, a resounding yes, and an amen to every single promise in the Word of God for your life. That's why Paul, when he wrote to the church at Colossae, said this. Let the Word of Christ then dwell within you richly. Why? Why? Not so that you can just quote it glibly, but so that you can understand it apprehend it because there's a yes over all of it. That's why he said for that word of God, that word of Christ to dwell within you. Richly, God, you go into the Old Testament, you find it there. God speaking to Joshua said, meditate on my word day and night that you might have great success. Not that you can be some kind of robot, restricted, bound up, No, so that you can have great success. Why? Because there's a yes over the promises. There's a yes over the promises of God in relation to your life. Now, Paul, when you read this, just these few lines, you understand that Paul says, listen, Jesus never wavers. He never wavers in relation to the promises that he wants to implement and give you. He doesn't vacillate between yes and no. Yes, it's one day. No, it's another day. You catch him on Sunday. Well, God's going to be in a good mood on Sunday. It's the Lord's day. You're going to get a yes from him in relation to the promises. But Monday, oh man, Monday's a hard day. You're not going to get a yes from God on a Monday. It's going to be a no. Paul said, "Uh uh-uh. No, Jesus does not waver between two opinions. He's not double-minded in any way. In relation to his promises, in relation to the covenant that you have with him, everything is yes. Go for it. Expect great things from God. Hold on to the promises of God. Let them live in you, let them have their way in you, and let them fulfill before you because there's a resounding yes. Let's not be ignorant regarding our inheritance. Let's not be ignorant regarding the word of God that he wants to speak to us, wants to encourage our hearts with. Keep believing it, church of God. Lay hold of it. It wasn't yes. Two years ago and now because you've gone through a hard time, it's become a no. No, it's still yes. You're still on course to receive it. You might have to exercise patience in order to inherit it, but it's still a firm yes from heaven. You're going to... You're going you're gonna to fulfill that word. It's going to come to fruition in your life. You are going to prosper and, and be everything that God's called you to be. The, the work and the purpose and the plan that he has for you has not gone on hold. It's never gone on hold. There may have been some difficulty along the way, as there often is. And, you know, uh, things might have become tough. But as far as God is concerned, he doesn't make his assessment on the basis of whether you're up and down. Life is always up and down. God is eternal. He lives outside of the chaos of time. And he says yes to every promise because of what Christ has brought us all into. And this is where we get our confidence for the future and the plans that he has for us a sure. God says yes. And this is what Paul wants to tell the church. He doesn't waver or vacillate between two opinions. Very often we do, don't we? You know, if your kids behave, oh yeah, you can have the, you can have what daddy's told you, mummy's told you. But if they misbehave, there's a consequence. If they misbehave, uh, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to take you to McDonald's for a healthy meal deal. Or I'm not going to, or you're not going to get. All of these consequences come into play. God says, and Paul says very clearly, listen, God doesn't vacillate between two opinions. It's yes to everything in Christ Jesus. This is what has happened and this is what is so glorious about the cross and the resurrection of Christ All of God's promises are yes in him. God doesn't fluctuate between opinions. His yes is yes. And amen. Now, we've read it. We've seen it. Paul says this. All. I want you to notice that word. All of God's promises. Not some. You know, he's very exact, very careful about the words that he uses when he's speaking to God's people because they're precious people. And he wants to communicate and articulate the message correctly that God has given him. He didn't say, we came to you saying you can have some of this, and you, but you can't have that. You can have this promise, but this promise is a bit big for you. You can't wear that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to prosper you a little bit too much. No, we'll just clip your wings and you can have this over here. No, Paul said everything. And he said, just not some of it. You can have all of it. All of it. This is how powerful it is. This is what Jesus has done. This is the new covenant cut in his blood that we have with God. All of God's promises, he said. Every single one. And there's a yes over them. That means... Open, instant access. Doesn't mean in six months' time, right? It doesn't mean, you know, when you've got all of these spiritual disciplines in place, 12 months' time, you know, when I'm fasting three, three times a week, or, you know, when I've got all of these routines in place. Nothing wrong with those. Implement them. They're good. But those things don't give you access those things don't bring this instantaneous opening that we have to this wonderful provision of God's promises. No, Christ has brought that. It's a yes because of what Jesus has done. It's a yes because he's brought all of this wonder about for our lives. Instant access, Paul says. There will never be a question. Listen, there'll never be a question regarding your rights to receive what God has spoken. God will never ask a question about your rights. Your rights are secure in Christ because you're coming on the basis of who you are in Christ. You'll never get an interview by God, well, you know, let's look at the last six months. Let's look at the last five years. Let's see your performance. Sit down. Before I can give you access to such glorious promises. Before I can give you this wonderful, wonderful opening to everything that I have for you. Let's sit down and have a talk about what's been going on. No, that's not God. God says yes and amen because of what Christ has done. And we come into that. We're the beneficiaries of that. And then he uses this word amen. Which is very powerful. Amen. You know, our understanding of it is very limited sometimes. We just tag it on to the end of our prayers, don't we? You know, we finish our prayers. Amen. Well, no, Paul isn't using it in that way. Amen is such a powerful thing. Jesus is the amen. That's what he says. And this word translated simply means, so be it done unto you according to my word. Whatever you're holding to in relation to the promises of God, in fact, all of the promises, God says this, because in Christ they are yes, they're also in Christ amen, which means so be it done unto you according to my word. The yes gives you access. The amen is God's active power to bring it into being. God's active power to bring it into being. God speaks his word and it's so glorious and so wonderful it's impossible for any one of us to fulfill it or wrap it up impossible but God says what you can't do I will do and he gives the amen to it the so be it done unto you according to my word and he brings it into being in your life through his own power and his own action. Paul wanted the church and wants believers everywhere to understand this glorious, glorious life that we have been given in Christ Jesus. Amen means, so be it done unto you according to my word. God grants you not only instant access through the yes, but he gives you his power To see it come to fruition in your life. I want to give you, let me give you four promises to take into this new year. That have a resounding yes and amen over them for your life. We're going to look at just four promises. There are thousands, we're just taking four. And I encourage you through this year as you go forward in it. To take the promises of God. And as you read them in the back of your mind, understand that there is a resounding yes in God's heart for that very promise to come into being in your life and an amen of his power to perform it and bring it about and for it to be fruitful in you. Four New Year revelations. Four new year revelations that enable us to go forward confidently in God. Firstly, we're going to look at a promise of protection from Psalm 91. We don't have to fear the future, we're secure. We don't have to fear our passage forward, we're safe. Why? Because of God's revelation. Because of God's promise, we have a promise for protection in relation to this year that has a yes over it and an amen in it regarding our lives as we go forward. Let me read to you from Psalm 91, verse 9 to verse 16. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall you, fall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is a promise of protection. As we go forward into this new year, 2021, we are going to be protected. We can know the security and the safety of God's presence Angels about us, protecting us, being with us, angelic, angelic protection. That is what this verse clearly declares. In fact, the chapter, Psalm 91, declares in detail the protection that God gives his people. There's a yes over it. There's, a, there's an amen in it. Why? Because Christ, Jesus, brings it into fruition for our lives a promise of protection secondly not only do we have a promise for protection in this new year we have a promise for direction Proverbs 3 5 to 7 I'm reading verses to you that you already I'm sure know of and are blessed by but let's remind ourselves a promise for direction in this new year trust in the Lord With all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You're going to get a guided tour in 2021. A guided tour by God. Imagine that. This is the assurance that Solomon had. This is the assurance that every every person had within the Word of God a guided tour through life. It can be a bit like a jungle sometimes, but God's people have the assistance of their Lord, the one that put the stars into space, the one that set the sun and positioned all of the planetary systems in their their place. This very one Promises to direct our paths. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he cares for us. You're going to get a guided tour through 2021. You're protected. A promise has been given of protection. A promise has been given of direction for this year. There's a yes and an amen over it all for our lives. And also, not only that, there's a promise for strength. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31, let me read these words to you. And again, we don't just want to simply listen to these words and hear them. I, like you, want to see them become the reality of my life and experience And we have a right to confidently expect to see these things in 2021 because in Christ Jesus, there is an all resounding yes forever in relation to the promises of God. Verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no strength, who have no strength or might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not be faint. I tell you something now, you read that and believe it, do you know what? God will say amen to it. So be it done. So be it done unto you according to your faith. Really? You believe that to be your life experience? God will bring it into being. There's a wonderful verse in Joel chapter 3. The people were at a place of weakness. The people had been had been ravaged by enemies all around them. And they were really at a difficult place in their lives. The prophet comes out with a message from God. And do you know what he says to them in their weak, in their weak state? He says this, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. I mean, what kind of game is the prophet playing? with the people of God, they're weak, they're disheveled, they're they're in the most negative place of life, and out comes the prophet with this great news from God, Joel. Let the weak say, I am strong. Why did he say that? Because he knew that if That person who is weak in their heart and in their life would rise up and say they were strong. God would put an amen on it and bring it about and say, so be it done unto you according to your word. I'm telling you, when you get the word of God in your life, when you begin to believe it and it begins to really mesh in and root in to who you are. God, it gives God great pleasure with that resounding yes in Christ to amen it and bring it into being with his power. A promise for protection, we've got it. Psalm 91 and many other scriptures within the word of God. A promise for direction. Many, many occasions the people of God came to dead-end places when they didn't know what to do. They called out to God and suddenly fresh direction came and led them through There's an amen and a yes to it all. Protection and direction. Promise for strength. You're going to have the strength that you need for this new year to do everything that God has called you to do. And as you wait on him, you'll sense a new buoyancy, a new life in yourself to go forward and to go through to do everything that he's called you to do. And then a promise for abundance finally promise for abundance John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus said this the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly you do a little study on that word life and you know what you'll find Is that it refers to the very life of God. It's the word zoe. Jesus said I've come to give you the life of God. And nothing less. Not an inferior life. But the very life of God. The very life nature of God. The spiritual life of God. I've come to see that be infused into you. In, in all of its abundance, a life that's higher in quantity and richer in quality. How about that? How about having a life that's, that's so higher in, in quality and richer? Higher in quantity, richer in quality. That's what Jesus has come to do. He said, the thief steals, but I have come. Know my intention. I've come that you might have life. There's a yes on it. There's an amen on it, Paul says, to all of these promises. And also talking about this wonderful abundance that God has for us. When he wrote to the church of Philippi, he said this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. I said this years ago. You know. That God doesn't supply our need. According to our need. Right. If, um, if, if you need ten pounds. Okay. And you let me know that you need 10 pounds. And I reach into my pocket and I give you 10 pounds. Listen carefully. It's important. I reach into my pocket and give you 10 pounds because you need 10 pounds. I have supplied your need. Right? I've supplied your need. God doesn't do that. He doesn't supply your need according to your need. He supplies your need according to his riches very different thing. Very different thing. So when 5,000 people were hungry on the hillside that day because they'd listened to Jesus for three days and a little kid comes up with a few loaves and a few fish, there's great need. But you see, Jesus demonstrates the word of God. He's the embodiment, the word made flesh. And he outworks this. And he doesn't Meet their need according to their need. He meets it according to his riches because at the end of the day, after they'd all been fed and filled, there were 12 baskets left over. That's God supplying need according, not to need, but according to riches. There's a yes and an amen over Philippians four nineteen for your life. A yes and an amen where God doesn't just supply your need according to your need so you get by. But God supplies your need according to his riches. New Testament and Old Testament. Go to 2 Kings 4. You'll find it all over the word of God. Whenever he comes into need, he just, he just removes it all by the richness of his person. 2 Kings 4. Read it when you go home. There's a a widow there, and the creditors are coming. She owes a lot of money. The creditors are pressing her, and this creditor, this one particular creditor is going to come and take her two sons. She goes to the prophet, and she cries out. She said, my husband, when he was alive, was a faithful man. He honored God. He loved to do his work for God, and now look. The debtors are coming. The creditors are visiting my door. I don't know what to do. Elisha said this. Listen, what do you have in your house? You know what? She only had a little jar of oil. A little jar of oil. You talk about need. You talk about debt. Now this actually happened. And this is in the word of God to show us the faithfulness of God and to send out a message for all time. You can go to him with your need and he will invade that need with his riches. He really will. He said, tell your sons to go and get as many jars as they can find from all of their neighbors. They did. He said, go in, close the door behind you and start pouring the oil of that. The oil from that little jar that you have into all of the other vessels she went in. Suddenly the miracle begins and all of the jars are filled. It's miraculous. It's just, it's mind-boggling. It's insane what he does. It's supernatural, supernormal. It's beyond our understanding you can never work it out no matter how much you study that story it just baffles you because it's it's in a realm that we 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 can't understand and the jars were filled and then she says to her sons go and get some more jars this jars all over the place and they say, Mom, we've brought all of the jars from all of the neighbors that we can we could go to. Everything's filled. She goes to Elisha, she says, relates what's happened. He says, Now go and sell. Go and sell some of those jars of oil so that you can pay your creditors. And then he says, This whatever's left, you can live on. That's God's riches, right? Dealing with need. Not Meeting need according to need, but need being met by the rich resource of what God does and who he is. This is a year. This is a year. And every year on from it, not just 2021, every year on from it, where we have promise for protection, promise for direction, promise for strength, and promise for abundance. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to pray in a moment for us. As we go over and as we go through this new year. I'm going to pray God's blessing on us. And thank him that there is a resounding yes in Christ Jesus. Not a wavering in between yes and no. A resounding yes over your life. Go out and take it Church. Go out and believe the word of God. Go out and see it and wear it and experience it in all of its fullness. Because there's an amen behind that yes too that brings it into being. But let me finally give you this, these wonderful words. Because the apostle Peter, when he wrote his epistle to believers, wanted them to understand also the wonder And the glory of these precious promises that have been given to us. Listen to what he says. 2 Peter 1 verse 2 to verse 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which have been given To us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Exceedingly great and precious promises have been given to you and me. There's a yes, not a maybe. There's a yes over every single one of them. God's power is there Active, ready to implement them. And Peter sums it all up in saying this, through them, you'll become partakers of the very nature of God. What a quality of life. What a rich, rich life this is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, today, thank you for your wonderful people. We thank you as we have received your word. Lord, we understand that you don't vacillate between two opinions. You don't say yes to some things, no to others, in relation to your promises for our lives. It's one big, resounding yes in Christ Jesus. So glorious was his work, so finished and complete was what he did on the cross that Jesus through your blood and through your resurrection from the dead we thank you that we have open instant access to everything that you have promised in your word we thank you for this huge bank transfer this huge deposit of everything that you are an inheritance that cannot be estimated or calculated in terms of what it's worth. Lord, I pray that this year, 2021, would be a year where we understand more of this and not only understand it, but that it becomes the very nature and the outworking and the expression of our lives. To you be the glory, Father. Amen. Amen. Today, you may be here. You've never asked Jesus into your heart. I'm going to pray a prayer just before we finish right now. Where you're going to call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Call on his name. It's as simple as that. Jesus, save me. The moment that you do that, it's incredible. What, what happens? God says, amen. So be it done according to your word salvation, the power of God's grace, salvation comes into your heart and it becomes the outflow of your life from, every, from, from this moment on. God brings it into being. You call and God honors that call by bringing it, bringing it into being in your life. Today is the day, the Bible says. For us to experience God's goodness and favor and salvation in our lives. I'm going to pray a prayer. There's nothing holy about the words I'm going to pray. But it's going to help you just make that call to God. And he loves you so much he will respond to it with an amen. And salvation will be yours. Let's pray for a moment. You might be watching this morning. Online. You're going to pray this prayer. And a miracle is going to begin today in your life. Let's pray together. Why don't you say something like this. Repeat these words after me just to help you. Jesus, I ask you today to save me. Forgive me my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For carrying my guilt and my shame and all of my sin. You were punished for me. I now receive your forgiveness. And I ask you to live in my heart for this salvation that you promised to become mine. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I tell you a miracle has begun. I did it when I was 15 years of age. I didn't have a clue about the Bible, but I called on the name of the Lord and a miracle began. I'm now 50 years of age and I tell you now that that saving power has worked every moment since that prayer in a field, in a tent many years ago. That saving power of God's goodness has operated in my life and operated in many other people's lives in this building because of that simple call. God says amen, so be it done unto you. A Miracles begun. Listen, we would love to give you your first Bible today. Maybe you don't have a Bible. We would love as a church to give you that Bible. If you're, if you're here, please take one on the way out in one of our stories books, or if you're watching this morning online, we'll send you one. We'd love to just be involved in that first moment where you have a Bible given by us. We would love to do that. So, check out the details just on the screen, and you can just um, email us, and we will be sure to get you a Bible out, and uh, you can be blessed by that, and we'll just help you on your journey of faith in God. Amen.